Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 92, recorded Monday, August 29th, 2022. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hello again, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Cintrapino. Well, as we get here to the end of August, I hope you have had a rewarding summer with some great diving. I know we've had a very productive summer diving and training both new and experienced divers. It also helps that we've had some absolutely amazing weather, and that makes getting out there a lot more enjoyable. Now, I just got back from another weekend diving up in Rhode Island. We had another open water class get certified, and we also did some peak performance buoyancy dives with a couple of our folks who are looking towards taking their advanced open water now. But I'm ready for a little bit of a break. So Donna and I are heading down to Grand Cayman on Wednesday to get four days of diving in with Sunset House. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast or have read my book, Your Next Dive, you'll know that this is one of my absolutely favorite diving destinations. I can't wait to make it back. Stay tuned for a report after Labor Day on our adventure down to Sunset House. Also, I have another project in the works. It's something that I've been thinking about doing for a long while now, and the pieces are all finally coming together. I hope that I'll be able to talk more about this exciting new initiative after Labor Day as well. You gotta love retirement. On today's show... I'm going to take another look back at some of our history in scuba diving with a little discussion on what was happening at Paddy in 1983. But first up is Wet Notes, my news and information update. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, August 29th, 2022. First up today, I hope that you've gotten your Q3 edition of the Alert Diver magazine from Divers Alert Network. As always, it's filled with so much information. They have a section in there called Dive Slate, and this quarter, the article in that section was pretty interesting. The article, written by Melissa Gaskill, is about an application that has been developed to combat the illegal trade of tortoise shells. The app is called Seashell, and that's S-E-E Shell, and it was developed by a nonprofit organization called Sea Turtle. Now, here's how it works. You simply take a picture of the product or souvenir that you're looking at and then load it up into the app. The program then uses a deep machine learning and photographic image recognition to determine if the product is real tortoiseshell or a replica. Now, they have a pretty big image library to compare against, and they're boasting an accuracy of about 94%. Now, that's pretty interesting stuff, 
and it's being used by tourists, police, and customs officials. This sounds like a great asset in the fight against illegal tortoise shell trade. Now, I saw a, an article recently in the Scuba News about how moon jellyfish are invading Alaskan waters. Well, this re- isn't really a new phenomenon, however. I did a little poking around and found that they were talking about this as far back as 2019. Now, a jellyfish mass is called a bloom, and they suspect the cause of the blooms of moon jellyfish up north there is, you guessed it, climate change. The warmer ocean temperatures are allowing the jellyfish to survive and feast on the abundant food sources off Alaska. Now, there was also a short video that I saw from a couple of years ago that showed how the moon jellyfish were gobbling up salmon eggs. Now, these carnivorous jellies range in size from about 2 to 15 inches, and they do have stinging tentacles. The sting is not as bad as others, but it's still irritating. Now, moon jellyfish are preyed upon by birds, other fish, and sea turtles. I guess you can even find them on the menus in Southeast Asia. So if you're headed up to Alaska, be on the lookout for the bloom of moon jellyfish. Now I get a weekly message from the Coral Restoration Foundation, or CRF, called the Coral Chronicles, bringing it back. And it is one of the ways I stay connected with all the different initiatives going on down there in the Keys. Last week, in their upcoming event section, they had an update on their upcoming public dive and snorkel programs for September. You might remember last year I had Roxanne Boonstra on the podcast. Roxanne is the dive training administrator at CRF. Now, if you want to learn more, you can uh, check out episode 73 for that interview. They have four public dive program dates in September. Those dates are September 9th, 15th, 16th, and 21st. The dives will be with either Rainbow Reef, Silent World, Reef Quest, or Sea Dwellers. You can check out the pricing for participation, which includes the boat charter fees, as well as a donation to CRF. You can also check out their short two-minute video on the program. Sounds like you'll get to do some very interesting work in the nursery first, followed by some outplannings. You can find out more by email, info at coralrestoration.com, or give them a call at area code 305-453-7030. Just wished I'd lived closer to be able to take advantage of some of these really interesting opportunities. The Historical Diving Society's latest uh, edition of the Journal of Diving History is out, and once again, I thoroughly enjoyed reading through the various articles. In this third quarter edition, the Historical Diving Society announced their 2022 winners of the HDS USA Pioneer Awards. This year, they recognized Sheck Exley and Edwin Link. Two years ago, I did an in-depth segment on Edwin Link in episode 42 of Scuba Shack Radio. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Edwin Link was a true pioneer with his Man and Sea project, trying to build underwater habitats, and then his work with deep submersive vehicles, specifically the Johnson Sea Link. 
he had an incredible impact on the diving world. And so did Sheck, but his contribution was in cave diving. He literally wrote the book and was doing cave dives far beyond what anyone was doing at the time. Tragically, he died in a cave diving accident at age 45. These two men are great choices for the 2022 HDS USA Pioneer Award. Well, the results are in for the Great Shark Snapshot 2022. I talked about this before here on Wet Notes. This is the worldwide event sponsored by the Shark Trust, and it wrapped up the end of July. So here are the numbers. 1,846 sharks and rays were logged into their database, the Shark Log. 14 countries participated, and they identified 49 different species. The top five species of sharks and rays are, number one, the gray reef shark at 673, number two, blue-spotted lagoon ray coming in at 166, Number three, white tip reef sharks at 160. Number four, spotted eagle ray with 149. And number five, the spotted wobegong at 129. As for the top recorders, that goes to Pro Divers Karudu Island Resort and Spa, and that's in the Maldives. It was also great to see Lahaina divers on Maui take the number five spot with 118 sharks. I did see somewhere that they spotted 78 scalloped hammerhead sharks. Well, that makes me jealous of all those times we tried to get to see them off of Molokai, only to get shut out. So that's the results of the Great Shark Snapshot 2022. Now they'll be releasing their dates for 2023 soon, so stand by. And finally, let's end with some more shark news. This time, some good news for sharks coming out of New England. We just got an email in from Gabe DeSavario, the owner and founder of The Spicy Shark. They make some awesome hot sauces, and Gabe is a big time into shark conservation. Well, he reported that the last shark kill tournament in New England just canceled their shark kill portion. Both Block Island, Rhode Island, and Newburyport, Massachusetts ended their shark kill tournaments. Gabe and others started this work a couple of years ago, and he thanked all the volunteers, ocean conservation groups, and local governments that made this successful. Now, if you want more details, check out the blog post on the Spicy Shark website. It's easy to find at www.thespicyshark.com. Well, that's it for this installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. When you own a dive shop that's been in business for over 45 years, it seems like you're always coming across things from the past. Whether it be old equipment that's been somehow stashed away, caches of discontinued parts for old regulators, or maybe some books or documents that give us a glimpse into our scuba history. When we moved the dive shop back in 2018, we emptied all the filing cabinets and bookshelves into boxes 
and then we moved them. Back then, we really didn't have time to look through all the material and throw out the old stuff. We just boxed it up and moved it. We figured we'd get to it later. Well, four years later, we're still making progress on getting through all that old stuff. And as I was making some progress, that's where I came across something that gives us a little glimpse into our past. I pulled this large white envelope out of one of the boxes, and it was from the Professional Association of Diving Instructors. Now, it looked pretty old, so I pulled out the content and found it to be from Patty in 1983, 39 years ago. The cover letter on the material was from John Stewart, training manager of Patty at the time. John passed away back in 2017. Now, he started at Patty in 1981, and according to an article in Dive Newswire when he died, he is credited with starting the Patty Instructor Development Course and Instructor Exam Programs. It also said that he was the one who hired Drew Richardson. Now, I also noticed that the Patty address was different. Back in 1983, Patty was located at 1243 East Warner Avenue in Santa Ana, California. They even had a telex number, 678-400. John's letter started out by saying that the enclosed two documents were both extremely important to you as a PADI member. The first item is the new PADI product catalog. He tells us that it's been completely revised with new and exciting products. The second document is a completely new standards and procedures section for your PADI instructor manual, and you should disregard the old one. Now, I can remember the days not that long ago when we would be replacing pages in our instructor manual. Glad that is all digital now. He ends his letter by saying that 1983 is already shaping up to be another great year for PADI members. 1983 was certainly a great year for me as well. Donna and I got married in May 1983. Also attached to the letter was a summary of the 1983 Standards and Procedures Revisions. I thought the, in- the introduction to that section was interesting. It states, Patty's 1983 Standards and Procedures Revision have been designed not only to increase the quality of PADI diver training programs, but to make it easier and more profitable to offer these programs as well. The pamphlet outlines all the changes across all of the programs from the introductory scuba course or resort course, that's what we know as Discover Scuba today, through basic and open water diver courses, advanced open water diver, and all the professional ranks. Seems like it was a pretty extensive revision. I wanted to point out how they described the changes to the basic and open water diver course standards. They stated several important changes to PADI basic and open water diver course standards occurred in 1982. These changes have consequently led to a substantial increase in the number of entry-level divers certified by PADI during the past year. 
This proves that it is possible to make diver training more attractive to potential consumers without decreasing diver knowledge or safety. That's pretty interesting. Also, in the section on basic and open water standards, they say, also gone from the standard is the extensive academic outline for topics to be covered during basic and open water courses. The new standard is that the academic learning objectives and required subject matter for PADI basic and open water diver courses be found in the PADI Diver Manual. This requirement does a much better job of defining what the student is to learn and the depth to which the important academic topics be covered. Now, I wonder what the old school instructors were thinking about that way back in 1983. Maybe down the line, I'll dive a little deeper into the 1983 PADI Standards and Procedures Manual and do a compare and contrast against what we find in today's instructor manual. Not sure what we'll find there. But I also wanted to talk a little bit about the second document in the package, the PADI Product Catalog 1983, and it was subtitled, This is the System That Works. Interesting, there are no prices in the catalog, and you're instructed to refer to the PADI price list, which is a separate document. Unfortunately, I did not have that 1983 price list. I would love to see what the the costs were back then. Now, it's not a big catalog. It's only 18 pages, and it's divided into several sections. The first section is titled Student Recruitment Material. I chuckle at the Diving is uh, promotional audiovisual program made up of 80 colorful slides and a stimulating cassette uh, tape narration depicting the enjoyment and beauty of diving. I chuckle because back in 1983 on our honeymoon, I was using a 35mm camera shooting slides. The catalog contains all the training material at the time, including the manuals, dive tables, and logbook. There is also a PADI modular scuba course audio-visual program with either 35mm slides and cassette tapes, or you could get it in VHS. You could also special order this in the beta format. Now that's a blast from the past. It was a bit of fun to look back at the product catalog and see how things have evolved over time. Back then, this was the way you got to get things. No internet, no online. Get the catalog, look at the pictures, mail one copy of your order with proper payment to Patty HQ. Well, I hope you enjoyed this little bit of nostalgia from the Professional Association of Diving Instructors, 1983. That was kind of fun to read through the PADI material from way back in the 1980s. It's interesting to see how much things have changed, but also how much things have stayed the same. Once again, I want to thank you all for listening as we close out August 2022. I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with more Scuba Shack Radio. And until then, take care, everyone.
Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time. <laughs>